Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. How many of you remember what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago? Healing. And uh, we had three weeks ago, I guess it was now, we talked about healing and about the fact that Jesus is the healer. And uh, so we won't go through all that. And the last time we were here, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about reasons why people aren't healed. Because, you know, you can go around talking to people about the fact that Jesus is the healer and it's always God's will to heal. But they're going, well, why doesn't he heal? Well, there's a lot of reasons, and we're just going to cover some. And so we covered some uh, the last time. We got through, I think, nine of them. Number one is, is ignorance, and that's not a slight. That just means you don't know. Some people don't know that Jesus heals. They don't know that Jesus heals. All It's his will to heal all the time. you know. And it's not God who puts sickness on people. Do you know how many people don't know that? It's ridiculous how many people don't know that. But if you go over to Luke 13th chapter, it's talking about the woman who was, who was bowed over. And, and Jesus said, not, not this daughter of Abraham, Abraham whom Satan has bound. There's a clue for you. And in Acts 10.38, it says how Jesus, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And then, of course, we know John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But it's amazing how many people do not know these verses, do not understand. God has no intention of putting sickness on anybody. Listen, it brings more glory to him that you're well than it does that you're sick. Now, in the middle of sickness, you can be a witness to somebody. You wind up in the hospital, you can be a witness to all the medical people who come in your room. But some people will take that, at that avenue and they'll say, well, see, you know, God wanted me to be here so I could minister to that. No, if you're there, you might as well do something good. That's really the way I look at it. In the middle of all of it, you might as well be reaching out and blessing somebody. Not, God didn't put you there. Number two, we talked about mental ascent. Faith is of the heart, not of the head. And too often we have a great knowledge up here, but we're not convinced here. You can have doubt in your head and faith in your heart. You know that you know that you know that you know, and the enemy is just bombarding your mind with stuff that says, not so, not so, not so. But you know, you can get lulled into a false sense of security if, if you're in mental ascent. You have to be very careful. People have died because they were in mental ascent and have never really gotten faith down in their heart. Um, Number three, we talked about depending on somebody else's faith. Your faith is going to get you healed. It, to me, I, I, I shake my head sometimes that people want, you know, there's, there's something going on in their life, and they want as many churches and as many people as they can get to start praying for them. Listen, it really boils down to you. Thank God there are people who can help us, encourage us, build us up, keep us lifted up, keep us, keep us going, you know, with their prayers. But ultimately, it boils down to your faith. It doesn't, it's not going to be your spouse that gets you healed. It's not going to be your parents that get you healed. It's going to be your faith that gets you healed. Um, sometimes people aren't, aren't healed just because simply unbelief. 
one reason or another, unbelief has crept in. And they just don't honestly believe God's going to heal them. Number five, you can be surrounded by unbelief. And that's, that's a problem. If you're in the wrong church that doesn't teach healing as an unequivocal fact, you're going to be, you're going to be just one of those people that God chose not to heal, that he chose something else for you. You can't be, you can't be like that. You need faith friends who will keep you built up in the word. Number six, we talked about disobedience and rebellion. That will open a huge door. I think I started off by talking about the fact that, you know, if, if you lose power at home, just because, like, in my neighborhood, power is underground, I'm going, well, it can't possibly be in my neighborhood. There's nothing wrong in my neighborhood because everything's underground. The power lines come down the road and into my neighborhood with a, where it's underground. Somebody's going to have to go out of my neighborhood and go back and backtrack down the line to find out where the problem is. And that sometimes is what we need to do. Sometimes we need to go backtrack and find out where's the problem. If the power's not flowing, there's a reason. And we need to find it. Disobedience and rebellion is a huge issue. Not walking in love was the next one. Huge issue because faith works by love. You know, if you're, if you're, you're just having in strife with somebody, it's hard, it's hard for faith to get in there. I told you the story about, about uh, unforgiveness. That was the next one. Unforgiveness. And the, person, the lady who, who said she had forgiven everybody that who had offended her, but she had never considered that she had been the offendee. No, the offender. She was only looking at as the one she had been offended. That she'd forgiven everybody who had offended her. She'd never even, even recognized the fact that it's possible that she was the one offending other people and that she needed to ask them to forgive her. And this lady that morning, she was near death. And when she, and when she found out that half the church stood up, that she had offended, and they all forgave her, instantly healed. It's a powerful thing to walk in forgiveness. Powerful thing. And then we, we stopped last time on worry. People just worry. Sometimes they just worry, 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 worry. Worry will put you in a place. where Worry is not going to be where faith is. If you're in faith, you're not going to worry. How do you know you're in faith? When you can lay down and sleep? When you can rest? When it's not something you just turn over in your mind and over 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 and over? My mom was a world-class worrier. So was my mother-in-law. That's all they knew was worry. Worry's never changed anything except, except your ability to get what you need from God. So, with that in mind, we're going to move on. And, uh, you know, um, I'm not going to get through with everything I want to talk about tonight, but we'll just pick it up. We'll see how far we get tonight, and there's always next time. So, anyway, the next one we're going to talk about is one of the reasons people don't get healed is because they're not following God's plan for their life. They're out of the place God intended for them to be. Well, you say, well, what's, what's the difference? Listen, God's got a plan, and if you're not following his plan, it could be rebellion. It could be disobedience. It could be just that you never even asked him. Sometimes that happens. You know, God has a plan. And he wants you to ask him what the plan is. And then he wants you to follow the plan. But it's interesting. If you go with me to 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. 1 Kings. 17th chapter and the fourth verse. Here Elijah was in 
in this place where he, uh, God had brought him to this particular place, place, and he told him to go down in verse 3 by the brook Cherith that's before Jordan. And it says in verse 4, And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. There is in the plan of God a specific place that God wants you. Mm. And that that's not just, but it is a lot of times is, has to do a lot with what church you're in. You know, you, you ought to understand that you don't decide where God wants you to go to church. God decides where you want to go to church. Because, you know, people can say, well... I can get fed just as good at this church as I can at this church. Really? There may be something here. Maybe it's a method. Maybe it's a way of talking. Maybe it's a, a concept. Maybe it's just the particular flow. If God wants you in a particular place, there's a reason he wants you in a particular place. And he doesn't often change his mind until he's through with that. Sometimes God will have you in one place to prepare you for the next step. And maybe the next step is in a different location. But you can't just decide to up and leave because you're mad, because you're offended, because you don't like something the pastor said, that you don't even like the pastor. You know, you, you can't decide that, that you don't like this person or that person, that nobody likes me. Nobody. If God put you there, you stay until he tells you to go. There is a way to leave one location, and there's a way not to. Unfortunately, many people take the way not to, to leave. And what they've done is they've taken themselves out of the place that God wanted them. There's blessings, like, like for Elijah, the blessing was there. There are blessings you're only going to get if you stay there. Sometimes, you know, you know like for us, we were, we were in a church that, that was not going to be good for us as far as as. Uh, developing pastor's ministry gifts and God had us move to a different church for that reason. Sometimes you have to leave because the blessing isn't here anymore. Now it's over there. But you have to be sure about that. That's just not something. It amazes me how many people are are just so out of touch. I'm just going to use the word backslidden because of circumstances in their lives, they've been out of church a lot. They've, they've, a lot of things have happened in their lives. They're not in a position to hear what God's got to say about where they ought to be. And yet they're determined and sure and absolutely convinced that God wants them to leave. How can you, if you can't even hear God when he says go to church, how can you, how can you think God is telling you to leave to go somewhere else? Hello. Really? Isaiah 119 says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It's not always easy to be where God wants you to be. It's not always easy to do what God wants you to do. But if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And so sometimes people find themselves sick because they're not where they're supposed to be. So anyway, we'll, we'll just leave that and we'll just go on. Um, how about this one? And I've seen this many times. Not recognizing your faith level. Not recognizing your faith level. 
you know, I, I, can, I have to only admit to my own, and I've told you this story just very recently about when I had this, this big old uh, growth in my thyroid, and I wasn't at a place to just speak to it and it be gone. But I was at a place where I could go get some medical aid and some surgery, and it would, and I, I felt like it would be, it would be come to nothing, and that'd be fine. You need to recognize your faith level. I know uh, Brother Keith Moore was told a story that I absolutely loved about a man who was in the hospital, and he went to see him, and he was very sick, and it looked like he just was just days from dying, and everybody's wanting to pray for healing, and he went in and he said, "Brother, he said, "Why don't we do this?" Why don't we pray that tomorrow you're not going to be any worse than you are today? That you're not getting worse. That you're no worse tomorrow than you are today. And then the next day, you pray that you're up. You're better. And the next day, pray, you're better. The next day, pray. You know, sometimes we need to take little bites instead of trying to shove the whole loaf in at one time. Take it one slice at a time. What that will do so many times is when you see, yes, my pain level is no worse. That is something that will encourage you in your faith. And when you see, oh, it's better, that will encourage you in your faith. When you say the next day, I'm better than I was yesterday, it encourages you in your faith. But you've got to recognize where you are. How many times have I I've tried to tell that to somebody? And they thought I was being harsh. They thought I was being, um, I was denigrating their faith somehow. No, I just know that I have to recognize where I'm at. You know, I, I, try, I, try, I went to a hospital room one time and it was a, with a man that, that was, was seriously ill and had, and had, uh, had some, a really serious medical procedure done. And he was, I'm believing God. I'm healed. I'm totally healed. I'm, I said, why don't you just believe God for the wounds to heal because they were, hey, they were having problems getting the wounds to heal. Why don't we just believe that your wounds are starting to heal? And he was angry with me. And I'm thinking, okay, fine. You know, he, he did not do better. I mean, when, when you're, what is, that, what is that, pride? You know, I, really? The whole point is staying here, folks. Staying here and fulfilling the plan of God for your life. It's not here to prove anything about how big your faith is. I just want my faith to work to keep me going. You know, at whatever level I can be at, it's it just discouraging for you to believe God for something that you never get. You go, well, my faith is working. And the devil will jump on your back and say, you've got no faith. Your, your faith is so puny, so tiny that you can't even believe God for anything. But if you'll start with something small, believe God, see it come to pass, that just ramps it up. I mean, that just encourages you. That's like putting the pedal to the metal, just a little bit of time. You know, we don't all, I know these guys talk about cars, you know, about how fast you can get from zero to 60. You know, you don't need to go that fast with the things of God. Just zero to five, 10, 15, 20, you know, just slowly get there. Then one day you can do the zero to 60 thing. In two and a half seconds, whatever it is, you know, cars, who knows, you know, what about all of that? You know, it, it just shouldn't be a matter of pride. It should be a matter of just being realistic. Where am I? Where am I? I, 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 need, I need this. Ultimate, my ultimate goal is this, 
but let me just set some little mini goals here and get there. And it encourages me along the way. Personally, you know, if I have to drive to Atlanta, I'm looking to get to Lake City first. And then I'm looking to get to Valdosta. And then I'm looking for Tifton. And then I'm looking for Macon. And then I'm looking for Perry. And then I'm looking for Forsyth. All along the way. You know, everyone is a goal. We'll get, we've met that goal. Now let's move on. That's how our faith should be. But you need to understand your measure of faith, what, what you can get at 100%, and go for it. And then God can take you on, and you'll get there. But you don't have to get there in 2.9 seconds. Okay. Um, words. Sometimes our healing is hindered because of the history of the words we have spoken. People have, there are, there are any number of people that you can think of probably in your life who have said ridiculous things. Oh, my dad died at 50. I, I won't make 50 either. Oh, my mom had this, and, and, and I'm probably going to have it too. You know, your words can trip you up. If you go with me to Proverbs 18, words are such an important thing. I, you know, my mom, you know, was, was constantly talking about how she couldn't remember anything. She just couldn't remember anything. She just couldn't remember anything. And I said, Mama, you've got to stop saying that. You know, she was 87. And, you know, I, I understand that naturally speaking, you know, you get older. You know, maybe your memory's not as good as it was. But you don't need to go around saying, I can't remember anything. Words will trip you up. Proverbs here, 18 verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You have to be careful what you say. You need to be speaking the word, not speaking what comes just to your mind or what your genetics might say or what your family issues are, what your family DNA or, 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 you know, hereditary things are. You need to stop that. You know, I, uh, I heard Brother Hagin, he was, he was given an example one time of a young man who was, I mean, he was very young. He was in his late 20s. And he looked like he died in his sleep. And, I mean, they found him. I mean, of course, they rushed him to the hospital. And people wanted to come up there and let's raise him from the dead because, after all, he's a Rama student and, and his dad's a Rama grad and, and all this stuff. Let's just let's, let's get in there and let's just pray and believe God. And Brother Hagin made a statement. He said, some things once set in motion cannot be undone. Do not let your words set things in motion that cannot be undone. You know, I, 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 you hear it so much. You know, we, we think sometimes, well, those, I, I didn't really mean that. Well, then don't say it. Don't say it. Your, your, your heart doesn't need to hear those idle words. We need to be so careful about the things we say, especially when it comes to our health and our healing. We need to be careful that we don't dismiss just some, you know, flippant thing, you know, as, oh, it doesn't matter. It could matter very much. So be careful with what you say. 
I, I, just, I just see people so many times, you know, who, oh, well, it's this, oh, well, it's that, oh, it's no big deal. How do you know it's not a big deal? It, it, it can be a big deal. So you be careful of that. Um, now, there are t- I'm going to mention this one, then I'm going to move to something that's a little more um, cut to the quick kind of thing. Sometimes people don't get healed when they're in the middle of a serious illness because they just get tired of the fight. Just get tired of it. And you know what? I have come to the conclusion that it's not for me to judge anybody who goes home to heaven without being healed naturally before they go. It's not up to me. You don't know what's in somebody's heart. You don't know the things. You you, you can't judge that. And, And you can't say it was a bad thing if they just decided, listen, it's better for me just to go to heaven. I am tired of this. You know, our pastor friend up in Atlanta, he just got to the place where he said, I fought the good fight. I'm ready to go. He was only 62, awfully young. But he said, no, no, it's my choice. I, I'm, I'm just going to go. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather be home in heaven. I'm tired. I can't fault anybody for just saying, I'm ready to go to heaven. So, you know, you, we shouldn't do that either. You know, but... I know Brother Hagen also said this about somebody, one of his relatives. He was talking about somebody who had, who had finally gotten their lives straight. They had been out of fellowship with God for so very long. And then a big illness showed up. And, um, and they weren't, didn't seem to be getting their healing. And this person had a constant history of, of backsliding. I mean, they, they'd be okay, and then they'd get, get off in the ditch. And then they'd be okay, and they'd fall back into sin. They'd get okay, and they'd fall back into all this stuff. Their, their life was a constant up and down of the things that, that they just couldn't get a handle on. And they were, they were walking in fellowship with God. They were in a good place. And this illness came along, and... And he went to pray for this relative, and the Lord said, they're in a good place right now that they may not be in for much longer. Let them come home. Just don't hold them here. Let them come home. You know, there's just some, just, these are the kind of things that we need to understand that are part of this. You know, because you don't always know, like I said, you don't always know what's in somebody's heart. You don't know the things that God knows. And some of those things are none of your business. Absolutely none of your business. No matter who stays, no matter who goes, you and I both have to be convinced, persuaded, absolutely steadfast on the fact that it's always God's will to heal. Steadfast in that. No experience no, no person that we see, not even ourselves, will ever change the fact that the blood of Jesus was shed for you and me, that the stripes he took on his back were for our healing. He didn't do it indiscriminately. He didn't do it just, you know, haphazardly. He did it for every person who would ever encounter a problem in their body. All the time. All the time. And that's what we have to stay settled on. Too many times we come up with somebody goes to heaven, we want to know, well, why? Well, sometimes you don't need to know the answer to that. 
It's none of your business. It's like I said. That, there are some things that are between that person and God. Now, if God were to show that to you, that's fine. But you generally, unless somebody is very close, really closely related to you, he is not going to tell you because it is none of your business. You know, that's just all there is to it. Now, um, I am going to get into something that you, you know, might um, go owie on. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Hallelujah. You can be big amen on this or, or not. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defiles, which I've got written in my Bible, harms the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now go with me over to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. One of the reasons that people fail to get healed is not taking care of the body God gave them. Now, you know, as pastors... You teach a lot of spiritual things, but sometimes spiritual things are tied to practical things. And this is one of those practical areas. You cannot not take care of your body and expect to stay well. It shouldn't come as a surprise to you if you don't take care of your body. Listen, God expects you to be a good steward of that body that he gave you. He created that body when you were conceived. When you gave your heart to the Lord, that became his again. And it's your job to be a good steward of that body. Now, I can, I can go through a lot of things. Now, your mind is probably already going you know, about some things that could be said right here. And, and maybe they need to be said and maybe they don't. But you cannot ignore good, sound wisdom when it comes to taking care of your body and then go, oh, I've got a problem in there. Now I've got to, what am I going to do? You know, now, oh, God, heal me, heal me. And God's going to look at you and say, you did it to yourself. Sometimes you want to make something spiritual out of it, like, oh, the devil did this to me. You know, you did it to yourself. Sometimes the, the devil didn't do it. We did it. I'm talking to me because I know what that's like. Um... You know, for years, I knew, and this kind of goes along with something that it kind of all feel, fits together here, not listening to that man on the inside. That man on the inside told me, diet and exercise, you need to change some things. For years. Diet and exercise, you need to change some things. For years. Diet and exercise, you need to change some things. And I'd do pretty good for a while, and then I'd slip back into some old habits. And when the day came that I found out that I was diabetic, it was no surprise to me because I went, Lord, 
I have to repent. You know, you, if you find yourself in a place where you haven't taken care of your body and now something's wrong, don't throw up your hands and say, I, I can't ask God to heal me. No, you just need to repent and then ask him for help. There's mercy. I mean, you, know, you come to the throne of grace to find, to find help and obtain mercy in time of need. You know, there's the time to repent. But, you know, you have to recognize that I didn't do a good job. I, I, did, I did not do what, what I was supposed to do. I did not take care of this body the way he told me to take care of it. We live in such an era where, you know, fast food is just out there and it's just so easy when we're, when we're in a hurry because we live such hurried lives. And that's part of our problem is we lead too hurried a life. You know, if you can't have some family time, you can't have some downtime because you're so scheduled, let me tell you, you're not doing well with your body. Your body needs rest. It doesn't need to be on the go 24-7. Telling you, it doesn't. Your body is designed that it has to have rest. There has to be a period. You know, there's, there's a principle, you know, that God laid out in the Old Testament about, about the, the farmers. You know, when they sowed the crops, they would, they would go so many years, and then they would let the field lay. Let it be found. Let it rest. God showed us that himself. He worked six days in creation, and on the seventh day, he rested. Listen, you cannot burn the candle at both ends and expect to stay healthy. You just can't. But for me, I mean, my heart had been telling me for years, diet and exercise, you've got to change some things. I didn't do it. Now, that was, that was the failure on my part. But here's the good part. One day, he said, stop drinking those diet drinks. I had had a, I had had a, a bone density scan, and it showed that I had osteopenia, which is the before osteoporosis. And so I'm going, oh, okay, so I'm get some more calcium in me, whatever. He, I just felt led, get off those diet drinks, totally. And I pretty much quit them cold turkey. I think I had one slip up. And that was in, in 2007, I've had one. And that was like, like a month later after I quit them. I haven't had another one since. Don't want one. But about three years later, I had another bone density scan done. There was no evidence of any osteopenia, osteoporosis, or anything. And right here I heard, that's what you get for obeying. So I had success. I've had failure. We all have. But we have got to get to a place where we're going to pay attention to our bodies and, what, and, and how we're taking care of them. If that means losing some pounds, lose some pounds. Sometimes, you know, diets come, diets go. There's something that works for everybody. You just have to find out what it is. Pastor lost 25 pounds just by eating less. Going to the table and eating less of what was on the table. That sounds so easy, but it's not. Don't put a whole cheesecake in front of me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't give me a bowl of Miss Browning's brownies. No, that's just not good. You know, it's hard. I understand. But there's something that will work for you. There's, God can give you the plan. God can give you the plan. And then what we have to do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I can do all things. You're going to have to use your faith to get to that place where you can, you can stay at it, stay steady with it. How about ignoring your body? Your body has symptoms in it. Stop ignoring them. You know, some things are just small and minor. Some things that you think are small and minor may not be. Now, I don't want to turn you into a bunch of hypochondriacs where you run to the doctor every time something's going on. But I'm telling you what, your spirit man may not yell and scream at you, but he may just a gentle thing. Let's go get a checkup. Let's go get a checkup. My, my brother-in-law, pastor's brother, had a heart transplant a number of years ago. And there's heart issues in his family. So in 2006, pastor went to get... Uh, a whole checkup because he just thought, well, you know, Gerald's had this heart transplant. Maybe I should just kind of go get a checkup and and just kind of, you know, have some kind of basis here. Well, that's what he thought he was going for. When he got to the doctor, the ultimate result of that was they found a cancer that would not have been detected for a long time had he not gone in when he did. And God supernaturally moving on a doctor to run a test that there was no reason to run. Sometimes... Just that nudging to go get a checkup can uncover something the enemy is trying to kill you with. And as I recall back in 2006, 2007, all that time when he was undergoing that, there was a real sense of urgency and there were many people just praying and lifting him up and interceding in that situation because it was, it was very serious. Very serious. And, you know... He came through it, you know, just fine. I mean, that's over 20 years now. And um, you just can't ignore those kind of leadings. You can't ignore symptoms. For me, in 2001, I had one big symptom one time. But because I have a little bit of a medical background, and it shouldn't take the fact that I have a medical background, the next day, I was on the phone to a, to a GI doctor. Now, it took me a month to get an appointment. And they said, well, you know, if you have any other issues, any of this happens again, you call us back. We'll try to work you in. Well, it never happened again. I had one opportunity, one. That was in um, Thanksgiving of 2001, early 2002. I'm, I'm having a colonoscopy, and 10 days later, I'm having surgery. And when we got through the surgery, I found out I already had positive lymph nodes. There was no time to waste. No time to waste. You cannot ignore symptoms. The reason a lot of people ignore symptoms is one of our biggest things we haven't gotten to yet is fear. They're afraid. They're afraid something might be wrong. Listen, why are you letting the enemy torment you with fear Go find out. Yeah, but it might be something bad. Well, if it is, we can take care of it sooner rather than later. A lady who went to this church, sat in the faith church for years, had a lump in her breast and would not go get it checked out because she was afraid it might be cancer. And when she finally got a mammogram, the lump was so large you could see it with her shirt laying across this area. You could see it. When you ignore it that long, you have just sentenced yourself to death without an absolute miracle. In the middle of all that, 
She was one of those people who were just in mental ascent. Oh, yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, God, it, it's okay. Never did I hear her utter a scripture. Never did I hear her say, a, make a confession of faith. She died. She died. Stop ignoring symptoms. You Check down here. Lord, is this something I need to follow up on? He will give you the answer. You can't ignore that. Well, I don't, you know why some people ignore it? They're afraid of what it might be, that it might be really bad news. How many people could have been saved had they gone and found out sooner instead of later? Some people are afraid they can't afford it. Well, I don't have insurance. Listen, you just let God take care of that part too. When I had the thyroid thing in 1986, we had no insurance. We we had no idea how we were going to pay for that surgery. None. But God said, have the surgery. So we went and had the surgery. And God supernaturally moved and got the whole thing paid for. I had, you know, we we paid along for a while on, actually, we had to go to the hospital with money. You know, before you check in, they want money. And we didn't have any money except my mortgage payment. We gave them the, okay, I've got the check written out, you know, the mortgage payment. I don't know what we're going to do about paying the mortgage, but hey, God does. He told us, he told me to have the surgery, so okay, that's fine. On the way to the hospital, somebody got a hold of us and gave us a check to cover it. Got to the hospital, made plans with them to pay it off, you know, in increments. My surgeon did it for free, and his, and his doctor who was assisting him did it for half price. The anesthesiologist for some reason, never charged me. Did it for free. You tell me God can't move. You can't be afraid of money if there's something serious going on. God can provide the money. The point is to keep you here. Hallelujah. Fear is such a horrible thing. You know, it is so devastating. I mean, people are tormented by fear. You know, and, and we know that First Timothy says that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There are 365 places in the Bible that say fear not, one for every day of the year. So you have got to deal with fear, but you cannot ignore your body. You can't ignore it. You know, Jackie reminded me of a scripture not too long ago about how my people perish for lack of knowledge. Some people perish for a lack of knowledge of what's going on in their body. You cannot do that. You have got to maintain. There is a good reason for you to have yearly checkups. There's a good reason for ladies for you to have your mammograms, for you to have your, your GYN visits. There's a good reason to have blood work done, to catch it if there's something there. It's not a lack of faith to do those kind of things. It is staying up and staying on top of it so the devil doesn't get a foothold. So, so if you, it, I had somebody say to me one time, well, I don't want to get a mammogram. I've heard it hurts really bad. I'm going, what a wimp, what a wimp. Please, give me a break. You know, it doesn't last but a couple of seconds, for Pete's sake. You can, you can grin and bear it that long, I know. If you've ever had kids, I know you've got more than that in you. You know, you can grin and bear it. You know, but you have got to, you have got to do these things. 
Um, okay. Let's go back to not taking care of your body. You know what you need to do. We live in an age of information. You know, I, I have said this before when it comes to money and, and, and how your finance can, no amount of faith can make, make up for a poor money management. Listen, no amount of faith is going to take care of your poor body management. And so you're going to have to do something about that. Um, I'm going to go where angels fear to tread. Weight is one of the biggest problems that Americans face health-wise. And we have got to do better about that. Joints weren't meant to carry the kind of weight that we carry sometimes. Diets, you know, heavy and certain things, we're, we're not going to keep you healthy. We have got to do something about these things. You can't go for years thinking, oh, it doesn't matter. You're, you're just giving the devil an opportunity to, to uh, keep you in the dark. That's all. If he can persuade you, oh, it's no big deal, you know, then you've done it. And, and God's going to be there to help you, but you're going to have to ask for help, and you're going to have to make some changes. And so there's, there are some of those reasons why people don't get healed. Um, I think I'm going to quit because I really don't want to go uh, into the next section here. Um, just remember that taking care of, of our bodies is... It is work, thank you. It is work. It is hard work sometimes. You know, I, I just, I just want to, you know, beat somebody up over the head and said, "Oh, I just lost this weight. It's just so easy." Oh, please. <sighs> you know, don't let me, don't let them hear what my mind is saying right now. <laughs> it's not that easy. You know, we, we, you look around at people who have drug addictions. And you just can't figure out sometimes why can't they just stop? Why do they why do they go back and pick it back up? Listen, why do you go back and pick up that piece of cheesecake? <laughs> Food is an addiction, just like drugs are, just like cigarettes are, just like alcohol is. You know, and and yet it's more acceptable. No, it's not. God gave us bodies that he wants us to take care of because he's depending on us to use these bodies to fulfill the plan of God, to fulfill the plan of God for our lives, to fulfill the plan of God where we are, we are supposed to be the people to reach certain people. How many missionaries over the years that I have read about who worked themselves night and day, did not take care of themselves, did not take time to rest, did not take, take time to get, to get checkups or whatever, who died too soon and left what God had intended for them to do partially undone. Listen, don't leave this planet without having fulfilled the plan that God has for you to walk out. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's medical help 
or, or just believe in God. It doesn't matter how it comes. As long as you stay here and fulfill that plan. There are people that out there who may not ever hear the gospel if you're not here to tell it to them. We can't afford that. God wants you to stay here until he's ready and you're ready. And you know, it says with long life, God will satisfy you. Are you satisfied? No. Well, then stay. But there are some things you have to do to stay. And taking care of yourself, stewarding the body God gave you is a huge one. So we're going to talk about faith and medicine the next time. And i got some interesting things to say about that. So anyway, I'm going to let you go with one minute to spare. How about that? Amen. Well, God is good. You know, there's so much that can be said and, you know, so many things you, you, can, you can get into. But we're just, we're just kind of hitting the highlights of some things. Because, listen, if, you, if a person doesn't get healed, there's a reason. The curse causeless shall not come. There's a reason. You can ask God what that is when it's you. You can't really ask it when somebody else. But it is God's will to heal you all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you. Good night. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.